He didn't say money is the root of all evil. He said that love for money is the root of all evil. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's a complete different thing. The whole thing. Yeah, all money is bad, you know. But again, the, the, the person who sees clearly just sees this is a facility that I can use in my service to the Lord. It's a facility. So if I got a little, I can use that much. If I've got a lot, I can use that. It's more facility to do more things. But he's not loving the money. He's not attached to the money. What are we talking about today? I uh, was thinking maybe money. Money, money, money. Money. But I don't have any. (laughs) (laughs) So there's nothing to talk about. (laughs) Neither do I. So I don't know. (laughs) I don't know anything about it either. Two guys that don't have any... Money, talking about money. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it would be good, you know. I just, you know, my life would be perfect if I just had some money. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what would you do if you had a lot of money? <laughs> no, just... no. It's, yeah, uh, buy all those goodies. Yeah, yeah. Well, you do need some money. I mean, you, Slava, has, you know, you have a lot of goodies there and your technical equipment and everything, so... <laughs> Oh, we 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 got a lot of money here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't have enough money to buy a drone yet. Oh. Wow. No. Yeah. Uh we we will we'll get a we'll get a drone soon. Oh <laughs> really? Yeah, you'll have to send us so, some some videos from the drone. That's Yeah. Amazing. We will. You know, I just share some of the videos. Slava sent me some of the videos that you did, or that you do, or some of the videos from your hikes, and people love yeah. people love them. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> just, I just posted one, and 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 it was perfect. Like I think I don't know if Slava was filming, but you could. So he was he was coming to the peak, and then he said he sighed and said something like, "Oh God," or something. Like <laughs> he was so tired, and yeah, then you was was it you? <laughs> Was that you, Slava? Yeah, that was. <laughs> yeah. I don't know that. that I don't know those things. Those are... one of the old ones when we get to the, the old one. Yeah. Get to the book grave Oh. Yeah, you saw it on her Instagram, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I think that. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. You should have. He should have sent you the one when we went to this little lake, up uh, anyway above Terra Field. It was full of four-letter words. Uh, four-letter words? Four-letter. Yeah. Four-letter words. All cuss words are four-letter words. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or, huh? All what words are four-letter words? Bad All words. curse words. Oh. <laughs> four-letter words. Uh, sorry. No, I didn't yeah, think about that. That's true, though. Oh, I see. Think about most of the curse words in English are four letters. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. That's true. So he had a few of those on the final moments. <laughs> what happened? It was just tough. Well, it was just tough. It was just hard, really uh, difficult. And, <laughs> you know, by that time, the, the feelings were coming out. You see, that's how it is. <laughs> you can't can't hide it. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, but I was. Yeah. No. Seriously, send send us some videos, and I, if you if you do some droning, and I'll, I'll be happy to do that. And but oh, we gotta um, get your drone first. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. And Slava's on restriction; he can't go in the mountains anymore. Yeah, I heard something about that. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Well. So. We well, can still go with a drone. He can, he can follow you. You know, you can drive the thing for ten kilometers <laughs> if you have, if you can see it. You know, uh, <laughs> you <can. laughs> yeah, and then he can deliver lunch for you. You know, 
put, put a little bag under the drone. And <laughs> yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Anyways, I. Uh, anyway. I, I was gonna. Money. Yeah, I was gonna get to the point that you you do need money, but I think a lot of people have a difficult relationship. Let's put it like that to money, especially if you if you are interested in spiritual life or interested in some deeper things in life it's it's usually it's it's a hard thing dealing with money because you you feel like i I, i've always felt like it's it's kind of a it's not it's not a conducive thing to have a lot of money if you're interested in spiritual life uh well that's yeah (laughs) yeah Uh, that depends you know but uh Yeah, money is just energy, that's all. In fact, at the Rainbow Gatherings, when we were always going there every year, the common term for money at the Rainbow Gatherings was green energy. (laughs) And so it was uh, no money exchanged at the the gatherings. Mm -hmm. It was barter system, trade system. Except every night they, man, my throat. Every night they had a communal dinner where they fed everybody. And different groups had different kitchens, like we had a kitchen. And they would cook and then bring it to main circle, they called it. And then everybody could come there and eat for free, just line up. And they made a big circle with, with, uh, lines on each side at facing toward the middle of and mm-hmm. some people would go around with big pots and people had their plates and they just feed mm-hmm. everybody as they went around. Anyway. And at the end of that they passed the magic hat and you could donate some green uh-huh. energy to the hat for the next night's dinner. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's how the whole thing supported itself. Uh-huh. You know. But, yeah, that's what they call it. So, anyway, the point is, money is just energy. Mm. So, what you do with that energy, just like the energy in your body, right? I mean, yeah. yeah. what are you going to do with that energy you have? And that determines whether it's a good thing or not a good thing. Mm. And so that's where the spiritual understanding comes in. Mm. Because, as you say, the general consensus among, quote, spiritualists is that money is bad. Yeah. And if you really want to be a high-level spiritual person, you know, then you have to give up money and become a mendicant and, you know, and so on. And, and that's part of the Vedic system, the, the sannyas order of life in the Vedic system was the renounced order of life. And so those people, they actually did renounce all money. Yeah. And they were supported by the people in society that had money, which were basically the householders. You know, those were the people who were the merchants and the bankers and the farmers and the people who earned the money. And they kind of supported the the people who were... supported, mm. yeah. They supported the students, the brahmacharis, the the celibate students in their early years. And then when those brahmacharis or students became householders, then they, it was a part of the society to support the coming up students. Yeah. And then also there was another order of the society called the Vanapras status where the householders, after the age of 50 in general, they left their household life and they went to the forest. And again, they had no financial support. So they were supported by the householders, you know. And the sannyasis were supported by the householders. But those members of society, the brahmacharis, the vanaprasa, and the sannyasis, lived a very, very simple, austere Mm. life. 
And support means they gave them some food if they came to their door, mm. you know, requesting something to eat. You know, if the farmer was milking his cow and the sannyasi came and asked him for a cup of milk, he kindly gave it to him. It's not like they came and asked big money. Can you give me, <laughs> you know, a lot of money so I can go live in a nice apartment or something? Yeah. And buy some nice clothes and etc. But anyway, that's a system of society that is the Vedic perfect system for spiritual evolution. Where everyone has a role and everyone knows what they're going to use the money for, or that energy, like you say, they know its purpose yeah. and it's... Yeah, yeah. And, and it has a purpose and it's a spiritual right. purpose. Mm. You know. Yeah. So, you know, even the great kings, you know, in those societies, I mean, in the Vedic times, there was one ruling king who was actually the king of the whole planet. And he was incredibly wealthy. Yeah. You know, and we have many examples of Maharaj Yudhisthira, Maharaj Prikita, et cetera, et cetera. But what did they do with their wealth? Yes, they had big material facility, et cetera. But they supported the citizens. They supported, you know, the brahmacharis, the vanapras, the sannyasis. You know, they did all kinds of social programs for the well-being of the citizens. In other words, they just weren't a bunch of misers up there yeah, stockpiling yeah, yeah. a whole bunch of yeah. gold. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and uh, they weren't greedy. You know, they had what they needed, but they also provided society with what society needed. So as a result of this, the citizens voluntarily donated 50% of their income, voluntarily now, not the tax collector, because <laughs> I'll put you in jail if you don't <laughs> give me 50%. Yeah. But they voluntarily, with good faith and, and good intention, donated 50% to the government. Yeah. And the government, in turn, gave it back to the people. See, And that that was a, a society that uplifted people spiritually, conscious-wise. You know, there wasn't all this corruption, no. you know, and yeah. cheating and trying to, you know, exploit in every way you can, as many people as you can, to just get a lot of money, you know, and then use it for, you know, nefarious purposes. Yeah. So, but, so yeah. money was a is a part of every system since time immemorable. Yeah, it just seems like it, <laughs> it just seems like having money and being in that position of power like ultimately always inevitably corrupts people. <laughs> it seems like there's no other example. Well, it does if those people, if it corrupts, doesn't have a spiritual foundation yeah, and don't have spiritual principles and aren't making their purpose in life pleasing the supreme person. Yeah. If they're just materialists, I, it will absolutely corrupt people. Yeah, I see. In general. I yeah. mean, there's exceptions, yeah. but yeah. yeah. Because it just feeds on their material desires and it makes it so their material desires can be fulfilled and material desires as we've discussed before you know are unlimited and so you fulfill this set of desires what do they call it your bucket list <laughs> yeah. you know that's on my bucket list okay so you you fill all the needs on the bucket list you do this 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 but what happens the bucket list just keeps growing <laughs> you know and so it's a never-ending endeavor. Yeah. And so after a certain time, and that time comes pretty quickly with people who have a lot of money, all their, their material desires to satisfy their senses in this way and that way and so on, they kind of run out. Yeah. And then it's not about that anymore. It's about power, huh. controlling people. I see. You know, I'm the richest man in the world, therefore I can control people. I can control governments. You know, I can control everybody. So if you look at the people on the top of the controlling hierarchy, 
they're not necessarily the elected officials <laughs> who have been chosen by the people to do good for us. Not at all. They're no. the people with the money who control all those people, including how they get elected, who gets elected, and what they will do when they're elected, and what they'll say, and what programs they will promote. Totally, totally. So it's it's just like that, you know. Yeah. It's it's all about power. Yeah. You know, I got all the money I can. I got all the cars. I got all the houses. I got all the airplanes. I got all the yachts. I got all that stuff. What I need money for power, control, mm -hmm. you know? And so when you got $250 billion, <laughs> how many beds can you sleep in? That's exactly, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah, how many? <laughs> you... <laughs> and how many wonderful dinners can you consume and how many bathrooms can you use in one day <laughs> exactly you know. so mm. you know it's all about how your consciousness is yeah. so there's two categories of spiritualist and one is the category of the renounced order i mean the the guy who thinks money's bad I don't want money. It contaminates you. Money's the root of all evil. You know, I don't want to get involved in any of that. And then there's the devotee of the Lord who sees clearly this is Krishna's anyway. God's, this energy is God's property anyway. You know, he owns everything. And all the materialists do is just steal it from him to use it for themselves. I mean... What is the definition of theft? You tell me. Well, <laughs> taking something that is that doesn't belong to you and use it for your purposes. Yeah. It's something that belongs to someone else and you take it and use it for yourself. Yeah. That's what theft is. Yeah. So if everything belongs to God and you take it for your own purposes, that constitutes theft. Unless it's with permission from that person <laughs> to use it, which well, is a whole other theft. story. No, that's exactly. Not theft. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> if I if I got a thousand dollars in my house and I say you can go take that thousand dollars, that's mm. not theft. No. And I can't take you to court. <laughs> no. <laughs> But if you break in my house and take that thousand dollars, I can't. So, yeah. So God gives permission. Yeah. To us to take what we need for our, you know, our, our necessities in life, you know, he gives that permission. Yeah. What's that famous quote in Sri Upanishad? You can look it up. You're yes, looking things up. In that quote. Yes. <laughs> one one half a minute. One should only. One second. Uh, Except it is quota that. Yes, I actually have. I don't have that in computer. Just give me one second. I don't have it digitalized. You caught me out on that one. <laughs> oh. That's the one book I don't have digitalized. Uh -oh. Do you remember which mantra it is? It, I don't, but it's pretty early on in the... I don't know. I read it. I could I could read it approximately, but it feels like it's not going to be exactly the same. Once you accept only those things that are set aside as his quota. Hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was early. I thought it was too. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Hmm. Oh, yeah, you're right. It was the first mantra. I just skipped it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Shishupanishad mantra one. Everything animate or inanimate that is within the universe is controlled and owned by the Lord. One should therefore accept only those things necessary for himself, which are set aside as his quota, and one should not accept other things, knowing well to whom they belong. Yes, there you go. That's, that's the perfect understanding of 
money, money and everything else. Yeah. Everything within the universe is owned and controlled by the Lord. And a true spiritualist understands that. I mean, that's what he knows. Yeah. So one should accept only those things that are set aside as his quota. So every living entity has his quota. And some is very small and some is very large. You know, even in amongst the animals, for instance, you know, the quota for an ant is very small. Right? He just needs a few crumbs here and there. Right? And an elephant needs a lot. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They eat tons of food. Uh -huh. You know? But each one in the animal kingdom is taking that which he set aside of his quota. Yeah, yeah. You know, and the animals are controlled by nature, and nature is is dictating this. Yeah. You know. But when it comes to the humans, we step out of the natural order of nature and we try to become the owner and controller. Mm. Including the animals, we control the forest. Um, we control exactly, and their quota. <laughs> you know, you know? And <laughs> their quota. You know how many animals have gone into extinction because man destroyed their quota? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and I forgot, I don't know the figure now, but every year, so many animals become distinct, different yeah. species, yeah. because man, in one way or another, is destroying their quota. Yeah. And so the true spiritualist understands that. All right, so let's take human quotas. All right, the king that I was referring to, mm -hmm. his quota was large because that's his position. Mm. He's in that position, and therefore he's distributing his quota and is, he's, is very, uh, very large. And he takes that, but he does the proper thing with it. Right. You know, he uses it for the intended purpose. So that's all in connection with the Lord's allowing him to do that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And as I, we were just discussing, the mendicants and the, the students and so on, their quote is small. You yeah. see, so they take that and they're satisfied with it. They're not trying to get more. See, what is it said? One should not accept more than his quota of knowing well to whom it belongs. Mm -hmm. One should therefore not accept. One should therefore <clears throat> accept only those things necessary for himself, which are set aside as his quota, and one should not accept other things knowing well to whom they belong. Yeah. So, if a, if a person follows that, then the money that comes to him easily mm. is obviously his quota. That's that's another thing that we learn in our Vedic teaching. Well, I, you know, mm. that some people, money just comes to them. I, I, was, that's, I was just going to come to that. <laughs> you know, because <laughs> uh, I, I don't know about you, but have, I, I mean, uh, it's never been like that for me. <laughs> so it's like I've never had money, and they just—if they come, they disappear again very rapidly. <laughs> yeah, magically. yeah. I mean, me too. But <laughs> but I know some people that they don't have to almost anything they do; it just turns into gold. Yeah. <laughs> yeah know. You know, and you do the same exact thing, exactly. and it turns into mud. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's like you're not meant to have money, but but that's you're the, not meant to have it. Th that's a reality, yeah. Like you're not meant to have it. It's not your karma in this life. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not. So you don't over endeavor. That's what we're we're instructed. Don't over endeavor. If it comes easily, okay. If it doesn't, don't spend your whole life trying to make it happen. You know. I remember one one friend of mine, of course, who. Was started chanting, and he came with his wife, and they had at that time, I think, one child. This was years and years ago, and they had absolutely no money. You know, this was in Kauai, and you know they they lived in a, a little uh, mail truck that converted <laughs> into a kind of little motor home, and uh, you know, and then you know. It was, 
time passed, they had another child and another child, and you know they had to move out of their uh, thing and I, uh, <laughs> eventually relocated to California. And but he was always struggling to make money. He had wound up with five kids, mm -hmm. and he was always really, really trying to make money, but. It just wasn't working. He'd make enough to survive, but that was it. And, and so finally, our spiritual master told him, you know, you're never going to make a lot of money. Quit trying to work so hard to make a lot of money. You, it's not going to happen, you know. So when he was initiated, he was given the name Tapas, which means austerity. austerity. <laughs> <laughs> you know? you know? Oh yeah, and uh, you know after he heard that, you know, then he just okay. I mean, it's not that he quit work and just laid around like a bum, but he just you know worked and what came came and it made ends meet and they just it took away all that anxiety and but you know the big agenda. I mean, it's it's just I I've experienced of when I was not marriage it, it was easier for me to feel that and think like that because it was only me like i wasn't worried for myself but but when you start when i you know met lynn and we got married eventually it's it becomes a, a complete other thing especially if you have a family and kids like it's you have to worry about it do you you know because they have to have food on the table so it feels like you're, you're kind of forced into having to care about money which you don't but you have to <laughs> because you have to feed them well <laughs> you can care about it and and do what you you can do but you don't have to worry about it in other words if you're totally dependent on the lord which we all are anyway i mean knowingly or unknowingly we are <laughs> then you know and if the wife is on the same page especially the wife on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Then there won't be all that, you know, unnecessary anxiety. So sometimes you might have more, sometimes you might have a little less, yeah. you know, but nobody's starving. No, it's true. You know, it's, it's just about, you know, the mental approach to yeah. the whole story. Yeah. And... Uh, but it's true. And you know, we both know someone who's made just unlimited money in crypto. And you know, it just happened. He never had money his whole life, and then he he got a little money, and it just turned into a lot of money. Hmm. You know, but of course, those kind of things also can evaporate very quickly too. Yeah, yeah. and and, and it's funny how they like. <laughs> I have this. What happened to me once, I don't know if I told you, it's maybe like a year ago, I I had, so this is a Norwegian Kronos, don't worry if you don't, you know, anyone else, but if you don't know the value of a Norwegian, it's like one Norwegian, 10 Norwegian Kronos is like $1. So I had 5,650 5, Norwegian Kronos uh, on my bank account, like that I had set aside and, you know, I was considering whether I should donate this money to to some cause. I think it might have been to this podcast or something because, you know, I, I like to give some donations and I was... But, but then I... This it was a very difficult decision because this was the only money that I had. <laughs> and I, But, I, but I, I, you know, I had saved up this, this thing and I felt like my in my heart I had the feeling that I should give this away, that I should donate this. That would be the best thing and it would be provided for me, you know, I, I didn't have to save this particular amount of money right now. But but anyway, I did. I decided, no, I, you know, I, I don't have so much, so I better save it. And, <laughs> and then, uh, you know, as we were driving from our meditation center back to, to where I'm living, in Tromsø, there are a lot of, lot of ways to go wrong in the traffic because you have a lot of one-way streets. And then you come to one crossing and you can't go right, but you can turn left and... It was one of those crossings where you can't go left, but you can go right. <laughs> and of course, I took a left turn. <laughs> and the police caught me and they gave me a fine. And the fine was 5,600 crowns. So I was left with <laughs> 50 crowns in my bank account. 
<laughs> and I, you know, I just looked at it. I was like, "Wow, this is amazing! <laughs> um, how can this be? A fifty crowns difference, you know? <laughs> so enough money to, you know, <laughs> have breakfast next day, you know? <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> yeah, it's how it is, isn't it? Seems like if you don't use it for the right purpose, then you know that that, that money is gonna, it was going to be taken away anyway. Like with my permission or not, <laughs> with my with my right. you know. <laughs> yeah. But that that's you know the the nature of the material world. It's just like I'm trying to be the controller and the enjoyer. And yeah, a friend of exactly. mine, he he was just you know a, a person. He had a. a garage where he did high performance work on Toyotas you know and, and so he had money coming in all the time but he also had money going out all the time you know but he always used to tell me so his whole world was involved with money I mean really I mean he was one of those guys you know and uh, how much did I get how much have I got to spend it was just and he used to tell me money's not the problem Money is a solution. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And that was that was his thing money. Money is not the problem, it's the solution. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so it's it's an interesting topic. But but yeah, and, and just one thing that Jesus said, I mean I I don't know if he did say that. I guess you maybe know more, but he as far as I understood, he didn't say love. He didn't say money is the root of all evil. He said that love for money is the root of all evil. Yeah, and that's a, yeah, that's a complete different thing. The whole thing. Yeah, and and so you know that phrase just left out the love part. <laughs> yeah, which turns it to something. <laughs> turns it to something completely different. Yeah. All money is bad, mm -hmm. you know. But again, the 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 person who sees clearly just sees. This is a facility that I can use in my service to the Lord. Yeah. It's a facility. So if I got a little, I can use that much. If I've got a lot, I can use that. It's more facility to do more things. But he's not loving the money. He's not attached to the money. Mm. You know. I have I have a purport from Shimon Bhagavatam that I have to read. It's just yeah. spot on. Uh, this is canto, second canto, chapter 2, text 17, purport. Um, one, earns, one earns money for maintenance of the body, personal or social, but unless there is God consciousness, unless the body is being properly maintained to realize one's relation with God, all good efforts to maintain body and soul together are similar to the attempts of the animals to maintain the body and soul together. And then, um, yeah, and I'm going to add to that another thing, which is a purport. Uh, if our minds, senses, speech, money and energies are thus engaged in the service of the Supreme, we cannot be considered to be existing in material nature. By virtue of spiritual consciousness, we transcend the platform of material nature. So, so yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. Minds, senses, speech, money are the engaged in the service of the Supreme. And unless we do that, then we're no, we're just living animal lives, keeping our body and soul together, unless we utilize what we have for God consciousness. Yeah. So. And the animals don't have the choice, but we do. All right. Yeah. No. The animals, they just are controlled by nature, like we say, and they take what they can. I mean, the squirrel stashes away nuts for the winter. <laughs> yeah. You know, and then winter comes and the, the squirrel's got his, his food supply. Mm. <laughs> so... You know, it's again, you know, what is our consciousness? What are we trying to do with our life? You know, if I'm trying to enjoy the world, I want more money. And I want more money, and I want more money. You know? And if I'm just kind of 
getting through life, you know, then I don't need so much. And there are people in the mode of goodness, for instance. See, we've talked about the modes of nature every lecture. I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have a quote about, about it as well, if, <laughs> if there's time. But yeah. But it always comes back to that, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, mode of goodness, you're not trying to enjoy the world to the same degree. Yeah, to some degree, more enjoying nature and having a nice, healthy, peaceful life. Hmm. But that doesn't necessitate a lot of material assets. In fact, they disturb that whole way of life. Whereas the mode of passion is where all of that other agenda comes in. Senses, I need to gratify my senses. The mind wants this. It's never satisfied. So I want more, and I want more, and I want more. And, mm. and, and that's where it all goes, the greed and the lust and the resultant anger. And, the, you know, the, we talk about it every time, but it's how it works. You know, so there are people that are simple people. There's whole cultures that are, you know, more simple than others. Mm. You know, and they got what they got. They got a little food. They got some clothes. Yeah. They got a roof over their head. And they're okay that's with enough. that. That's enough. That's enough. Yeah. You know, that's enough. And, and they're the happiest people. You know? I remember I went to India and with my good friend Tusta Krishna Das and... You know, I just observed the the average person in India, you know, in the different smaller villages or even in the bigger places, you know, but especially smaller places. And, and they didn't have hardly anything materially. They just had a very simple way to live. You know, their house was way less than extravagant, you know, basically, you know, a roof, many didn't have running water in the house. They had to go to a common tap on the corner to fill up buckets and bring it home, and that's often where they wash their clothes or in some river or stream or small little pond or something. I mean, very, very meager existence, you know, and just rice and chapatis and dal and, you know, some vegetables. And, and But they were happy. This is, this is the point I'm getting to. Yeah. I mean, I remember this one... Uh, person, he was a Brahmin, which is, you know, a certain social class in, in the Vedic system. And he was working in one of the temples in Jagannath Puri, the Jagannath temple, really. Mm. You know, you, your hat. <laughs> and, <laughs> but anyway, he was very, very friendly, very nice. We met him and he, he acted as a guide and showed us some very wonderful holy places. And so he invited us to come to his house for dinner. There was four of us, Tusta, Don, Andy, and myself. And when he invited us in, you know, we go in, and the house is absolutely just so simple. And he had, I think, three children, and they were all dressed up in the nicest little white dresses. Oh. <laughs> the, the guy had a little boy had on very... But the, the dresses and the pants were very clean, but very worn. Huh. And his wife, very simple, just a very simple sorry. And he had on this white shirt that had, had so many patches on it, like the elbows <laughs> and, you know, different places. Clean, very clean, but very worn, yeah. you know. And they invited us in, and, and the the table was just a table, and... I think we sat on the floor and, you know, it was, you know, they, but they, and they brought in very simple food, just your potty's rice doll and maybe something else. But they were all so friendly and so happy and so smiling. And, yeah. and, and you could just see they weren't worried about, you know, their material inadequacy. They were very, very peaceful, very calm. And that included the wife and the kids. Wow. You know? And I was just saying to the Tusta men, look at you know how simple these these people live and and how happy they are, <laughs> you know. And you see the kids out; they didn't have toys, you know. Just in general, in the village, the kids they had a stick 
and an old bicycle tire or something. <laughs> exactly. And they're just rolling it or, or they're throwing some cans back and forth. And they didn't even have a ball. They just had, you know, some cans. Yeah, or yeah. make do with what you have. Plastic bottle or whatever. <laughs> just laughing and joking and running and playing and, you know, and it was it was very impressive, you know, compared to the Western world where you got to have really expensive everything. Bigger toys, and expensive toys. Bigger toys, and, <laughs> you know, whatever. And so anyway, that's mode of goodness, but the mode of passion, oh, that's a whole different story. So in India, you've also got the businessman, and, you know, he's trying to make more rubles, and he's you know, really aggressive in his trade and or he's, you know, higher level and he's exploiting the lower workers and whatever. It's always that way, you know. So and motor ignorance people, they're just so dulled out they don't care, you know. Mm. They're just dirty and they just like it I mean, the personification of that on the extreme level is all the homeless people in America. I mean, that is so unfortunate, you know. And if they got whatever they got to do to get their drug fix for the day, you know, they'll do that. They'll steal, they'll sell, you know, <laughs> cans from the trash. They'll do whatever just to get that. And that's, that's it for them, mm -hmm. you know. And if you gave them a lot of money, they just give it away to the drug dealer, no. you know. Immediately, yeah. you know, if somebody didn't steal it from them first. So, you know, you're going to have all levels of consciousness. But we need to go to the spiritual consciousness, which is reflected in that Sri Shapanapad verse that you read, you know. That's the truth. Everything is owned and controlled. Everything in the world, in the universe, is owned and controlled by the Lord, mm. you know. And the devotee tries to develop that consciousness to see that, see, to understand that, you know. And then to the degree they can, you know, convince their mind to do so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. they should live like that, <laughs> you know. And, uh, <laughs> and they'll, be, they'll be greatly rewarded for that. They'll be greatly rewarded for that. Mm. You know the story of Sudama Vipra in uh, mm -hmm. Sri Upanishad. Mm -hmm. You know, he was a simple Brahmin, and he, he and his wife were so poor they didn't even have enough to eat. It described that he was physically actually very thin, you know, and his wife as well because they just didn't have any other facility, you know. But he was okay with that. But his wife was worried about him being so thin and so on, and so she <laughs> told him, you're a friend of Krishna. You went to school with him. You were classmates. You know, go to see him, you know. And so he didn't want to do it. He was reluctant. Because she wanted him to ask Krishna to help. For the money for money and yeah. Yeah. A little help <laughs> in getting by kind of thing. He didn't want to do that, but he agreed finally, you know, because wives have a way of convincing husbands to do whatever the wives want them to do. <laughs> you know, over over time. <laughs> and so he agreed and but he knew he had to take a present too to Krishna, because you would never go to see such an exalted personality without some gift. Mm -hmm. And all, he told his wife, what can I give? And she, all she had was some chipped rice, which is the lowest level of rice, just the broken pieces. And so anyway, she wrapped it up in a little cloth, and so he went to, finally he, he went to see Krishna, and Krishna, when he saw him, you know, he's He's just got on the barely enough clothes to cover his body because that's all he had, you know, and he's all thin and everything. Krishna, you know, just came up and hugged him and was so happy to see him. And all the 
the servants and, and, and the associates of Krishna were so surprised. Who is this person who's obviously just, you know, on the lowest level of, you know, material, <laughs> material living? Uh-huh. And Krishna is so happy to see him and embracing him and, you know, just taking care of him so wonderfully. And, of course, he, he fed him very sumptuously and, and everything. You know, and so he said, oh, I, I, I know that you brought me a gift. Can you please, you know, give me the gift that you brought for me? <laughs> and he took out this little chipped rice gift wrapped up in a cloth. And Krishna opened it. Oh, this is so wonderful. You know, and he started eating it, you know. <laughs> Just, he was so happy that he brought him this. <sighs> and uh, anyway, they had a wonderful meeting and, so Sudama Vipra was so happy that he got to finally be with his friend Krishna. You know, I mean, he was just on cloud nine, as they say. And he's just in this spiritual glow, and he, he goes back home. But when he arrives at home, instead of his just bare-bones cottage, there's a palace, and there's maid servants, and there's lakes, and there's swans, and there's, you know, opulence on the highest level in his wife comes out and she's wearing the most beautiful, you know, high-level sari and, you know, all the jewelry and et cetera, et cetera, you know. And, and wow, he just didn't know if he was even in the right place. <laughs> and, and, he and that was it. Krishna just provided him with more opulence that he could imagine. But it didn't change him at all. His consciousness remains the same. And he didn't ask. Yeah, and he, was, he, he didn't ask. He never asked anything. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to ask, <laughs> but he couldn't. His, his, he just couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know? And he got his wish fulfilled. It wasn't even his wish, really. It was his wife's wish. <laughs> and it was fulfilled beyond all expectation. So, so, but but yeah. that just shows we need to just rely on that God knows our heart and He knows what's best for us. So if yeah. He wants us to be rich and He knows that our that's going to be a because you know it's not going to be a hindrance for us and we're not going to be drawn away into some other into material yeah. consciousness by that money. Then you know perhaps yeah. we have money. And isn't yeah. it, isn't there a saying that? That anyway, when 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 God likes you, He gives you money. Like you, you know, when 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 He wants to, He can He can give you money. If when you when you like Him, He takes it back. <laughs> he takes it away. It's all it's almost correct. <laughs> you can maybe, you maybe say it. <laughs> yeah, when God likes you, He gives you everything. Uh-huh. When God no, when when you like, let me. Uh, but I can't it, even remember. Isn't that. it like the when when it's when, three parts. When, when God likes you, He gives you money. When you like Him, it's He takes not money. It it's just everything. It's not oh, money. Oh, okay. Material. It's, we're on the topic of money, but it's not money. Okay. When God likes you, but he, but, the, but then the third part is when oh, you I love know Him. What it is. Yeah. When when God likes you, He gives you everything. When you like God, He takes it all back. Yeah. When you love God. He gives it all back to you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. And then you you love God, so you give it all in His service. You use it all for Him. Exactly. Yeah. So money can be the root of evil, but it can be also the root cause of your spiritual connection with God. I mean, it can be the best thing you know, I can give because it's hard to give up money, isn't it? Yeah, totally. If you ain't got any money, it's, it's easy not to give. You know, <laughs> there's no problem. But if you've got money, it's hard to let it go. Definitely. Wow. As yes. you gave your little yes. example. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so if you you get money, and especially if it's a lot of money, and you do just let it go then that's a great spiritual boon, yeah. you know? Yeah. That's really a facilitator 
in your relationship with God. Yeah. And your spiritual master. Because how are you going to give it to God? You give it to your spiritual master. That that's the connection. If if you have a spiritual master and he is, you know, the true representative of the Lord, and you get money, you give it to him because you know he knows what to do with it. Right. You don't really know, or you don't know how he wants to use it. Maybe you've got some ideas, but you know, well, maybe he has another plan for that money. Right. So you give it to him. And then he may say, well, okay, you can implement your plans, or he just takes it and does whatever he does with it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not in, up to you any longer. It's not yours anymore. Right. You've given up ownership. Exactly. Which, which is, you know, relieves you from all anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, money is a hassle. <laughs> because if you don't have any, it's a hassle. And if you've got it, it's a hassle because now you're trying to protect it. You don't want to lose it. What am I going to do with it? Am I going to invest it? If I invest it, is it going? And you invest it and you lose. It's a hassle anyway. Or somebody's trying to steal it. How am I going to protect it? You know, the government's going to get it with taxes. You're always trying to protect it. So if you don't have it, it's a hassle because oh, if I don't have any money, what am I going? And if you got it, it's an even bigger hassle. Unless you understand who it belongs to, and then you just. Take care of it the right way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. I guess we, uh, well, I guess we chant a little bit if you don't have any yeah. final. There. I have more yeah. quotes, but I always have more quotes than we have time to speak about, so that's just, okay. <laughs> I, I just. You know, uh, when you got access to the whole Vedic literature, uh, there's unlimited quotes. <laughs> I have one one short advice for anyone feeling that you know you want to save money. <laughs> this is in Srimad Bhagavatam, Canto One, Chapter Nine, Text Twenty Eight. In purport, it says that money can be saved by avoiding undesirable association. <laughs> so, you know. If you yeah, hang out with the wrong people, then you know money is easily spent. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, my mom had a saying, and I I heard it. I don't I, I, unlimited times. A fool and his money are soon parted. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and and she often said, "A fool and his money are soon parted." Mm. So, yeah, a wise person. That's how it should be. Yeah, he knows mm. how to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. Okay, so we could go on and on. It's always something that pops into your mind as the discussion unfolds. Exactly. Yes, there is. And that's the point of this podcast. You know, one of the points is uh, several, of course, but one is things come up and you just can. You know, deliver it, so to speak. Yeah. You can make it known. Yeah. (laughs) Well, have a mantra that is a mantra that you know. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Goranga Haribo. (laughs) You know, we might add in Nitai Gore and Nichananda. All right. Nitai Gore and Nityananda, Nityananda. Nityananda. Nityananda, Nityananda. Nityananda. So anyway, if if that comes up, you know what it is.
So yeah, money, 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 <laughs> money to do must be funny. <laughs> yeah, a lot of songs about money, money and love. You know, I think those are the two things people there sing most about. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I need money. That's all I want. Is a song like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. thank you. Put money in the bank. Your spiritual bank account, that's the real money. Mm. <laughs> your spiritual asset, your spiritual consciousness, that's the real wealth. You know? Exactly. So, you know, like you put, you know, money, money in the bank, oh, that's adding to your bank account. So everything we do spiritually, the mantras we chant and the activities we pursue and, you know, trying to please the Lord, et cetera. That's money in the spiritual bank account. Yeah. So build that up, and then when you leave the body, you'll have a big bunch of money to take with you. <laughs> <laughs> It'll go with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's... That's where the money is. <laughs> yeah. well, thank you, Willie. Okay, so yeah, I guess time is up. There was one little thing that I remembered along the way and then forgot, but the idea is we should be like a bank teller. A bank teller takes in money all day long, handling money, taking it in, giving it out. Yeah. So through the bank teller's hands may go hundreds of thousands of dollars in any given day. But at the end of the day, she's not worried about it. How much did I take in? How much did I give away? She's not worried about somebody, you know, breaking into the bank and robbing it that night. She just goes home and sleeps. It had nothing to do with her, Mm. you know? So she's not attached to the money. She knows it's not my money. I'm just... 
facilitating the use of it. I'm taking it. I'm putting it where it needs to go. I'm taking it from where it was and exactly. giving it out. Exactly. No anxiety. You see? So if we understand this is not our money, I take in what's given to me. I use it properly. I put it where it needs to go. I take it. I give it back, whatever. Then, yeah. That's no problem. There you go. That's a good way to view it. Mm. Can we do it? Well, that's not so easy. <laughs> if we can. Can we do that? Uh, can we view it like that? <laughs> that's not so easy. You know, we're just giving you ideals here. <laughs> you know, there has to be some ideal to look at. But that's, yeah. The way at least we know where to strive for, you know, where to go towards yeah, yeah. <laughs> what to strive for. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so thank everybody for watching. If you like what we're doing, share it and subscribe. Yes. <laughs> Do that. If you want to support our channel, thank you very much. Yeah. Yeah. That's the best way to support it, just sharing it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Thank you, Valkyrie. Okay. And Thank you, Ruben, and we'll see you next podcast. Yeah. <laughs>